0: I don't know if y'all noticed, but I do joke around a little bit. Y'all ever notice that I got a kind of an odd sense of humor, and kind of fits because some of y'all got an odd sense of humor too. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick, but when I say I can't sing, I'm not joking, okay? (laughs) Uh, Which is weird. There's not many United Methodist preachers that don't sing pretty well, Um, and my family. I come from a family who's pretty musical, and, and they all sing well. Which, uh, when I was in elementary school, it got me on a couple of choirs. Um, they picked me because of uh, my lineage <laughs> before they really heard me sing. Well, they gave me a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, one year, I think I was second or third grade, we, I, I, I made this choir where we were going to go to Carson Newman and sing. It was going to be great. Y'all remember when Jefferson County used to do that? man, we're going to go, and I started singing, and all of a sudden, they're like, well, really, we're not supposed to have any instruments. They gave me these two blocks to keep time. They're like, if you will just do that. I can't remember what they called it. I'm like, man, I, I'm the only instrument you know. And I thought it was a compliment. I didn't realize that. Uh, I'm like, it's hard for me to keep time and sing. They're like, well, just keep time. I'm like, it's a true story. I'm sensitive about it. <laughs> Just kidding. But this morning, uh, we've got a lot to celebrate. Uh, again, we, we have a lot to, to be thankful for as we enter this season. Uh, again, we still have a lot of hurting people, a lot of sick people we need to lift up, but we're still very blessed people. Um, and this morning, we get to celebrate what's on the church calendar as Christ the King Sunday. Um, which we should celebrate every Sunday. But this morning in particular, I actually tailored a, uh, a sermon that I titled Christ Our King. Christ Our King. And as we go through the, through the scripture... What I really want us to be thinking about is one question. And that question is, is Christ your king. Is Christ your king? We live in a world where there's again just so many distractions. We put our faith in so many things. We can anything that we decide to worship can become our king. And I want us to focus on Christ as our king, not anything else. I'm going to start out by reading some scripture. I'm going to read from John Chapter 18, verses 33 to 37. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much again just for uh, allowing us to be here. Lord, thank you for that scripture. Thank you for that scripture, Lord, that that even though we're not worthy, you sent your Son to be our King. Lord, I pray as we go through this lesson that uh, we open our hearts and we we hear the Word, Lord, that can change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ our King. Again, today is Christ. The King Sunday. And before I get started too far, I want to define what a king is. And if you look at Webster's Dictionary, it says that a king is a male ruler of a country who usually inherits his position and rules for life. And then look at a more spiritual definition uh, of a king. I want to look at some scripture where Jesus is described as being a, a, a king. Jesus himself declared... Or excuse me, Jesus was declared king at his birth. Jesus descends from the royal line of David. He was the son of David, according to Matthew 1:1. and then he was born in Bethlehem, the town of David. So he has the right lineage. And then Jesus is regarded as king in John 149 by Nathaniel. Jesus refused the worldly kingdom in John 1836. And Jesus entered Jerusalem as a king, according to Matthew 21, 1 through 9. Jesus Christ's kingship is an issue at his trial, which we're going to talk about a little bit more here in just a moment. We're going to talk about Pilate questioning him in John 18, 33. And then we're going to talk about Jesus's, or Jesus' message to him that he is a spiritual king not an earthly king. And then when Pilate appeals to the crowd to accept Jesus, and they rejected him, the crowd rejected Jesus as their king, and then as he's being crucified, he's mocked as a king. But Jesus is declared king in his crucifixion. The Father exalted him. As king, Jesus welcomes believers into his kingdom. Jesus Christ is, is king of all kings. Revelation 1.5 says he will rule over all nations. And then Revelation 11.15 says he is king forever. This morning I asked the, the, the children if uh, they'd ever been disappointed. Disappointed. Has anybody ever not kept a promise? It happens. Some people we put um, a lot of a regard into. Sometimes they disappoint us. It could be um, bosses. It could be um, politicians. It could be whomever. But eventually, human beings will disappoint us. But the kind of king that Christ is telling Pilate that he is will never disappoint anybody. As we look through this lesson, again, I want you to ponder this one question. Is Christ your king? You see, to put today's scripture in perspective, we have got to look back just a little bit and see some of the events that happened just before this encounter with Pilate. John 18, 1 through 11, Peter actually cuts off uh, the ear of one of the priest's servants. And then Jesus immediately repairs the ear and tells Peter to put the sword away. Again, Jesus didn't want any violence. He was there for peace. And we're going to talk about his kingdom in just a little bit. And then later on, Jesus is betrayed and arrested. And then, if you look at John 18, 15 through 18, and 25 through 27, Peter's going to deny Christ three times. And then Jesus appears before the high priest in John 18, 19 through 24. And I'm going to read that scripture to you. It says, Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the police standing nearby struck Jesus on the face saying, Is this how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered, If I've spoken wrongly, Testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. And then we get to, they turn him over to Pontius Pilate, and we get to that encounter between Jesus and Pontius Pilate, which is found in uh, John 18, verses 33 through 37 that we just read. In verse 33, it says, Pilate entered the headquarters again. He called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him and just asked him, Are you speaking for yourself or has someone told you about me? And Pilate says, Am I a Jew? In other words, Pilate, who is a very, very high-ranking official, asked Jesus point blank, Are you a king? And again, knowing that Pilate wouldn't understand if he started talking about being a spiritual king, He asked him another question, and of course Pilate answered that he's not a Jew, but Pilate's answer reveals doubt. He said, are you the king of the Jews? You see, he asked Jesus this because he didn't look like a revolutionary or a criminal. And that's the type of kings that the Roman Empire were afraid of, people who wanted power, people who wanted power, people who wanted prestige, people who wanted a revolution against the Roman Empire. And again, he just asked Pilate if he was speaking for himself. Again, because Pilate was looking as king as being a political rival. And then in John eighteen thirty six, Jesus explains his kingdom. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. My kingdom is not of this world. You see, Jesus declares the great and permanent difference between a spiritual kingdom and a worldly kingdom, and God's kingdom and God's kingdom versus the kingdom that Pilate was used to seeing. You see, the foundation of Jesus' kingdom is on peace. It's on peace and love. His servants will not fight. He says, my, "My kingdom is not from here." You see, earthly kingdoms are based upon force, pride, fear, and love of human praise. And self-interest, selfishness. You see, all this is being displayed by Pilate and the Roman Empire. That, that worldly kingdom is, is, is what they're all about. That's the only kingdom they understand. You see, God's kingdom has to remain separate and distinct. The heavenly kingdom is exemplified by Jesus and the cross. You see, it's based on love. It's based on sacrifice. It's based on humility. It's based on righteousness. In 1 Corinthians one twenty three, Paul tells us it's the stumbling block for Jews. You see, as Christians, we must take care and live and serve the power that was demonstrated on the cross, not the power of Rome or the power of uh, of earthly kingdoms. We've got to demonstrate our power, and that only comes through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. See, the key to living in Jesus' kingdom is not found in trying to take others over or rule over things or, or people. You see, we're searching for a kingdom that's only ruled by God. While human politics is based on the premise that society must be changed in order to change people, in Christ's kingdom, people must be changed to change society. And I want to repeat that. I want to repeat that just to make sure you get it clear, that in human politics, we're looking for society to be changed in order to change people but in the spiritual kingdom it's offered only through Jesus Christ, then people are changed in order to ch- change society. First, we've got to change ourselves. We've got to change who we are. We've got to change the way we think before we can change society. If not, then society is going to influence us. If we put more of our love into what this world sees as, as being successful if we put more of our love and our our devotion into what the earthly kingdoms offer, then we're going to miss the whole boat. We're going to miss it. Because we need to be putting our faith into the promises of Jesus Christ. And once we put our faith in in Him, and we serve Him as our King, then we're not going to be disappointed. We may still have some struggles, there may still be some things in the world, but we know that he's always going to fulfill on his promises. You see, during this day there were conditions on salvation. And sometimes those conditions were tied to political solutions. But through Jesus Christ, there's no political solutions to our salvation. There's nothing in the world, there's nothing government, there's nothing that any ruler can offer us that's of this world that has to do with our salvation. Only that comes from Jesus Christ. Only that comes from our faith, being put in him and him alone. You see, Jesus says, my kingdom is not from here. The eternal king, the one who rules over the souls of men, is mightier than any ruler we have in the world. Rulers have come and gone. Napoleon's gone. Hitler's gone. Stalin's gone. But the kingdom of Jesus Christ still remains. The kingdom of Christ, when we put our faith and we allow him to be our king, it lasts forever. Jesus did answer Pilate. He said, you say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. When we put our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and we rely on that to change us, we can make a difference in the world. But when we put our faith in other things, when we let allow other things to be our king, the world's going to change us, and we can't allow that to happen. We can't allow that to happen. Is he your king? Is he your king? Is he your king? Only you can answer that question. Only you can answer where your faith is. You see, I think during this lesson, we've done a pretty good job of defining a king. We've done a pretty good job of discussing Christ as king. Matter of fact, we've gone through quite a bit of evidence. Even Pilate may have recognized Christ as some sort of king that he didn't understand. You see, it's not not enough just to know that Christ is king. It's not enough just to know that he is a king. That head knowledge of Christ being a king means nothing unless we translate it to our heart. Right here, this much space, keeps us from living a life for Jesus Christ. Because we've got the head knowledge. There's not many people around here that have not heard of Jesus saving grace. But until we translate it from here to here and then we start living that life, we're not any different than the world. We have to put it in our heart. And once we do, I promise you you'll start doing things. You'll start doing things that seemed impossible before. You'll start helping people. You may even start helping people you don't like. I don't know. You may start helping people when you're tired. You may start telling people about Jesus when you're at the grocery store or you're getting gas. Because once you accept that Christ is your king and you get it from your head to your heart, you will do some amazing things for him. We'll start serving him. I ask you again, is he your king? Is he your savior? Is he lord of your life? If you're here today, and you may have that head knowledge of Jesus, but you've never accepted him, you never got it from your your head to your heart, and you want to make that decision today, I would love for you to make that decision. I would love for you to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ and put your hope there and, and, and listen to His promises that will never disappoint you. If you've never done that today, I'd love for you to make that decision. Again, but if you're on this journey and, and maybe something's replaced Christ in your life, and you've been putting your faith in something else, and you want to put Christ back on the throne where He belongs in your life and get Him from your head to your heart, if you need that today, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love for you to make that decision. See, Philippians 2, 10, 11 says that every knee shall bend. And every head's going to bow, every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are you ready to make that decision to enter into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ? Is he your king? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for For sending your son, Lord. Lord, we live in a world where again it's just it's easy for us to get distracted. Lord, I just pray that you remove all those distractions from our life, Lord, and we start living our lives for you. Looking to you for our eternal solutions. When we do that, Lord, when we put all of our hope in you and we accept in our heart that you are the King, a spiritual King, Lord, a King that's the only way we can enter into salvation, Lord. I pray when we do that, Lord, that we start living our lives for you. Lord, again, I just pray that if there's anybody here, or anybody listening online, Lord, that don't have that relationship with you, Lord, that they come to that that knowing, loving, serving relationship today. Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.